The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We have to keep Pete the Vet very busy because we have buckets of questions uh, coming. By the way, good morning, Pete. Good morning, Anton. Good to see you. Let's kick off with, I have an 11-year-old Cocker Spaniel. She's got small scabs on her back, which appear when I had her coat shaved back. I have uh, picked a few of them off to see if they'd heal, and that hasn't happened. (laughs) She's eating, drinking, sleeping as normal, and she's her usual self. Well, I wonder if she's itchy, because that's a really crucial thing. Because there's there's one of two things happening here. Either it was some sort of reaction to something, maybe being clipped, maybe some parasites or something. And if that primary cause is gone, then it may be this is just little healing wounds that will just be, you know, they'll be fine after a couple of weeks. On the other hand, if the dog is itching and scratching at them, then that's going to perpetuate it. So that's the crucial question. What I'd say to her, to, to this um, listener, is that if the if, if the scabs are just sitting there, not causing any harm at all, not, not being itchy, not bothering the animal at all, I would just give them a few weeks and there's a very good chance they'll just heal up and go away. Interesting one. I'd like to give my 10 kilo dog three small tins of mackerel per week. And I'm wondering, is there a recommended amount or could she be getting too much? What's your mackerel recommendation for a 10 kilo dog, Pete? (laughs) Well, do you know, funny enough, I love mackerel for dogs. Well, well, mackerel oil. Mackerel oil is one of the richest sources of omega-3 fatty acids, which are really helpful for dogs' coats. You see, Pete, they sell these big giant bags of solid hard food that you can just scoop out, lash the thing, and you don't mm. have to hassle it. Yes. Are you telling me that I have to go and get mackerel? And- no. <laughs> I'm not, but I'm saying, well, there's a company called Coastal Nutrients in Donegal who sell bottles of mackerel oil with little dispensers on the, on the top that you press and you can give your dog a teaspoonful of mackerel oil every day and it's a great supplement good for their coat it helps dogs with epilepsy funnily enough it's mackerel oil is a thing which is quite difficult when you're processing that those big bags of kibble it's quite difficult to include um those sort of fatty acids in the in it to preserve it well enough to sit there in a bag for several weeks or months so it's helpful to give a squirt of mackerel oil having said that this lady's talking about giving tins of mackerel well that's just a treat for her dog and my take on treats for dogs is that you should um, give no more than 10 percent of the total amount of food as treats so the food that you buy in the shops whatever type of food you use and there's loads of types out there um, generally it's labeled as complete for dogs in other words it gives them everything they need so you should really try to give 90 percent of the diet as that complete food and then just 10 percent as the treats if you just fed your dog on nothing but mackerel for example you'd have a serious problem because it just wouldn't be balanced and and you get issues like excessive vitamin A and all sorts of complications. But as a treat, stick to 10% of the total food. And, and that's 10% right. by calorie, is it? How do no, you... 10% by volume. I is mean, it... really, I wouldn't be getting too much into specifics. If you just look at their food bowl and 90% Sorry. of it's the regular food, 10% of it, you know, you can just eyeball it like that. That's good enough, I reckon. Is there, is there a sort of a demographic shift among an older generation who believe that you feed the dog what the family eats and scraps and all the rest of it and a younger generation who believes that dogs have to be fed dog-specific food? I think what's happened is that dogs, especially really since the start of COVID, funnily enough, have become seen as much, much more as part of the family, as a family member, not an animal who's separate to us and and possibly even spends most of the time outside, whatever. Now the, the dog is part of us. They're one of us. And that means people like to, to include them in meals that are more human-like. And that's not always a rational response because... 
you know, that they're not humans, um, but emotionally that, that people feel really connected to them. And so they really want to focus on giving them the best possible food they can imagine. And they use a human brain in deciding what the best food is. And that's why when you go to pet shops these days and look around, you'll see lots of foods that are designed with um, marketing that really appeals to us humans. Yeah, steak or, and beer and eggs. Yeah, yeah, and dogs don't care. They just want some dinner. You know? <laughs> well, this is an interesting one along that line because we got a text saying, my mother insists on keeping her big Labrador in every night but we keep telling her he'll be fine in the garage. Remember the way they used to be? Maybe there still are working dogs and pet dogs and the pet mm. dog was out in the house and the working dog lived outside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, still, I'm sure many, many farm dogs live in, li- live in sheds and they're absolutely fine. I mean, I, I think a lot of this is... Uh, well, first of all, there's the, there's the emotional aspect that I just mentioned to you. So um, I, I'd imagine that Mother certainly does not want her beloved Labrador to, go, to be to be fecked out into the garage. No, thank you very much. She wants to have him in her home close to her, having the same sort of comfort that she enjoys. And that's her emotional decision, and that's absolutely fine. If you want to get into the specifics of it, it depends on, on the dog, and it depends on what they're used to. Familiarity, customization is really, really important. So, for example, a big dog um, with a thick coat like a husky, they, they can cope with much, much lower temperatures than a small little um, miniature dachshund with a very fine coat. Smaller dogs got a bigger surface area to body weight, so they get chilled much more easily. You know, but anyway, the the rule of thumb is that ten degrees centigrade is what you shouldn't let dogs stay in at a temperature without without um, you know giving extra heat to them. So ten. So degrees below centigrade. ten, if it's below so 10, the kind of weather we've had no. the last few weeks, keep them inside the house. That's the idea. We've been talking a lot about dogs. We have a cat question. I had to put my elderly cat to sleep a few weeks ago. My other cat is so needy since she wants my attention all the time and is constantly looking for food. I feel sorry for her, but I can't spend all day with her. Any advice? Well, when, whenever I hear, I, I'm sorry to hear about you losing your cat, by the way. It's, it's a desperate upset for yourself as well as for your if two cats have been reared together they literally are sometimes like yin and yang they're so um dependent on each other that it's a very stressful time for your for your for your cat um but when a cat is constantly looking for food one of the things i'd be saying is there could be an illness going on there's a very common problem in older cats especially called hyperthyroidism and uh, basically um, excessive production of thyroid hormones and cats do become very needy and they yowl a lot and they look for food all the time and they tend to lose weight as well and that once that's diagnosed that can be really effectively treated with a daily uh, daily medication so first thing i'd be saying about this cat is it really should go to, to your vet for a, for a general checkup to see does it look like a case of that or is your cat healthy if your cat is healthy then i i will be looking at ways of improving her quality of life and do you know that the simplest way to really improve an older cat's quality of life is to get them a heat pad a plug-in electric heat pad cats love heat there's a theory that the, the thermoneutral zone for cats if you like the the, the their preferred choice of temperature is much warmer than our homes and that's why you often find cats in warm places like beside radiators or whatever so if you provide a heat pad for her where she knows she can go and lie on it and be kept really warmer than than everywhere else she will love you for it and she'll be much more relaxed so that's a very simple tip uh, my Jack Russell says a text is not aggressive, very friendly to people and other dogs, but when she sees or hears anything outside the house, she goes mad barking. What can we do to stop this? This is tricky because that's what dogs are for. That's one of the reasons why humans have dogs. I remember when I was visiting the slums of India 
people kept the people didn't keep dogs as pets, obviously, but there were dogs roaming around, street dogs, and people really loved those dogs and and kept them because they warned when there was any ever a stranger coming into the area and he's anything different alarm. the yeah. dog would bark so like we've we've for, for thousands of years we've kept dogs to warn us and so it's very hard to suddenly say um stop warning us to this little dog so I, I i think it's the best you can do probably is to to first of all screen things as much as possible so like maybe have curtains or blinds so the dog can't see outside to see things happening um and as well as that Give your dog something to do. And, for example, you can buy these red rubber chew toys called Kongs. They've got a hollow centre. You stuff them with soft food, and then you put them into the deep freeze, so they're deep frozen. And then when your dog's hungry, you give that to your dog. Your dog will then be so engaged in chewing this chew toy that they won't be so bothered when they hear something outside. Pete, as always, thank you very much. Before I let you go, uh, text saying, message for Pete. Actually, it's a thank you. Uh, lastly, we last week we had to say goodbye to our King Charles Cavalier and Ruby. Uh, Ruby was uh, the dog's name. Pete kindly offered to come to the house so she could pass away surrounded by the family. The kindness, professionalism and sensitivity shown to Ruby and the family will never be forgotten. Meant the world to us. Oh, thanks very much. She was a lovely little dog. Pete, thank you very much. That is the one and only Pete the Vet. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.